Punta Vista. This is a bonus episode. I am Ben and I am here in the alternate universe where JFK used gun carter techniques to survive his assassination. It's the year 2023 and we all live in hovering glass ziggurats that glide silently and majestically over a pristine wild earth. Having reversed the man-made effects on the earth's climate, life continues below with the richness, health and diversity that did before our intervention. Wealth inequality is destroyed. Money is abolished. Goods and services are free to all who need and want them. No one is coerced into unpleasant or boring work. Crimes are not so much punished as tended to. The wrongs made right where possible, and the perpetrators given what they need to put them back on a more harmonious path. Unfortunately, everyone is racist. With me is the racism pope. It's Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Hi. Aren't you having a good time? I love it here. Isn't everything perfect for it's, me and you? It's so ideal for us. Yeah. The white race. That's right. Yeah. And you're sort of the 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 Pope of Racism. I am the Pope of Racism, which is a, a new system that we founded here. Yeah, I think in this future, sorry, this alternate present, uh, the state religion is racism, but it's sort of like Catholic racism. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the good kind, right? Because that's, that's well, what I, you're looking for. Well, you're saying that in character as the racism Pope, or that's your belief about... You'll never know. You'll okay. never know. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of ran out of steam towards the end of this intro, so I thought if I just finish it with the racism Pope, we, little, could maybe, we could flesh out what that might look like. Yeah. yeah. I've been reading uh, Thomas More's Utopia, which is very similar to this, in that he like talks about this ideal society, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. We shouldn't have prisons. Like, we shouldn't punish people. And then you just, like, get to the, like, you get deeper into it, and it's like... Oh, he also, like, hates women, and because he's a Catholic, he thinks that, like, premarital sex should make you, a, like, a, a slave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have no crime it's because like, that's great horrible, but... Until that point, and it's like, oh, you're, like, a weird Catholic, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are all Catholics weird? Let's dedicate this entire episode to that. <laughs> <laughs> People love that. Yeah. They, yeah, famously that, that famously. one specifically. <laughs> And we don't need to litigate that. Uh, hey, what are those glass cigarettes hovering over? That's right, baby. It's nature. It's time, of course, for Nature Corner. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Now, this story has been sitting in our notes for... It's been the very last story in the notes document, I think, for about a month. Okay. And we've never gotten around to it. And I keep going to remove it. But then I think, no. No. No, I, we'll make I quite time like for this. It. Uh, this comes to us from NPR. Humans can correctly identify several gestures made by apes, a new study shows. <laughs> it seems kind of backwards. It's like, look yeah. what humans can do. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Like, I feel like it seems somewhat intuitive, which I guess is the point of the study, but yeah. Yeah, it does that seem I would like, understand a gesture by like a lesser a, being. A 45-year-old man watching a computer screen while some researchers like, good work, Tony. Yeah, well done. You did it. <laughs> About half of humans can recognize gestures from apes even without context. Only half. That's so good. <laughs> so good. Imagine that as like one of those clickbait ads. 
Only one in two people can tell what this monkey is thinking. <laughs> It'd also be cool if that became like the next debate thing, like a Fantasia or whatever. Everyone's like, share one to five. How much of an apple can you picture? Except it's like one to two. Can you or can you can not you identify? This ape's gesture. <laughs> is this ape angry, sad, or happy? <laughs> Researchers at the University in St. Andrews in Scotland showed 5,656 participants videos of chimpanzees and bonobos making 10 of their most frequently used gestures. So when the, when the chimps and bonobos go to do a gesture, it's those ones that come up immediately at the top before you start scrolling for a, yeah. for a specific one. Yeah, yeah, the main gestures. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge study as well. 5,656. They got so many people. Like, I feel like we have seen less significant studies done with, like, 27 people. You yeah, know? there's, like, 30 people with a very poor conclusion, but I'm, I'm believing this one, you know? This sounds rigorous. Uh, ten of their most frequently used gestures, including raising their arms, which could signal grooming or hunger, shaking an object, which could signal sex, <laughs> and touching, which could mean, climb on my back, or give me that food. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is meant to be a, like, if these are meant to be complete examples. If, like, shaking an object only means... It's me horny. Yeah, like. and nothing else. Or whether touching could only mean climb on my back or give me that food. It's those two things. Yeah, like tapping another ape on the shoulder. It seems like it could mean a lot of things. Like, I, yeah. I don't know that these researchers really can be sure about what these mean. No, we will never truly know the mind of an ape. We won't. About 2,700 people were shown only videos, while the rest were given additional context information. On average, 57.3% of people who were given context could correctly identify what the gestures meant, while 52.1% of those who were only shown videos uh, identified the gestures, which was significantly higher than expected, researchers said. Yeah, because you've overestimated how difficult your job is. Yeah. <laughs> Just being like a random guy and being like, oh, you thought identifying ape communication signals was difficult? It's easy for me. It's actually easier for me to do. Never done this before in my life and I aced your tests, Poindexter. <laughs> the only... <laughs> The only gesture participants largely interpreted incorrectly was the object shake at a failure rate of over 50%. Like, fair enough. That's yeah. it's not what my mind goes to when... It depends what object they're shaking, yeah. you know? You're, like, shaking a packet of condoms at me. I'm like... Oh, <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. All right. You're thinking about... I don't know if this is really rigorous because, like, at this point, 50-50 is, like... How many gestures could there be? And you're just taking a stab. Oh, you're saying it's just like a punt. Maybe. He's bared his teeth and I think he's angry. Oh, no, he was happy. Coin toss. Coin toss, yeah. <laughs> what these guys need, <laughs> if the object shake is so ambiguous, is a lamp that you turn on. That's right. <laughs> turn on my bonobo lamp in the corner. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, he's horny. <laughs> Well, half the people know that. The other half are like, oh, I don't know. I think it means that he wants someone to climb on his back. <laughs> well, sort of. Mm -mm. Quote, it remains unknown whether the great ape repertoire itself. <laughs> sensational <laughs> sentence. <laughs> it remains unknown whether the great ape repertoire itself is biologically inherited or whether apes, now including humans, 
Maybe that for an advertising you. voice. <laughs> Apes, now including humans. <laughs> Share an underlying ability to produce and interpret naturally meaningful signals that are mutually understandable because of general intelligence and shared body plans and social goals. Oh, shared body plans is in like among a group, not Okay. Yeah. Oh, like the body not a I was freaky like, Friday situation or a polyamorous situation. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Making my body plan spreadsheet <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> uh, or the resemblance of gestures to the actions that they aim to elicit, the study said. Yeah. Like when you're shaking an object. Yeah. Maybe we should adopt that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is kind of crazy to think that this might be innate, that we do have like it's seemingly part of our brain still kind of speaks chimpanzee a little bit. Maybe. It's kind of cool. We just, you know, get it. Just understand thinking, their vibe. So the thing they're saying here about how whether the great ape repertoire, again, mm. amazing. Amazing. Uh, whether it's biologically inherited or if it's like just a, an ability that we have to figure this shit out. But, what was I thinking about this the other day? Oh, I was reading a story about Another one of those things where some people thought they found a lost dog and took it in and it turned out to be a coyote, which is very uh-huh. funny. That's uh, pretty funny. They look another, very different. <laughs> another one of them happened this week. Most of the time it happens when they're puppies because they All do right, look... they just look like a puppy. Yeah. But they were talking about how they had to take it to a wildlife rehabilitation center and they put it with an older coyote that had been in the wild. So that coyote could teach it how to be a coyote so it would be accepted in coyote society. Mm-hmm. The idea that, like, being a coyote is an oral tradition is very funny. <laughs> like handing down my coyote traditions through the generations. So, we've had, what, like, a couple of hundred thousand years of coyotes teaching the next generation of coyotes how to be coyotes. What if they forgot? What if we had a like, whole what if co- we raised all the coyotes? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, that's what domestic cats did. Although they still have... They've still they've, got cat qualities, huh? They've still got some instinctive behaviours. Yeah. I just wonder that, like, let's say this is an absurd hypothetical that you've taken all the world's remaining coyotes uh, and then you've taken all of the pups from the litters and then you've removed them from the elder coyotes. They've all died off. Will the young that young generation of new coyotes that have never been taught how to be a coyote have to invent being a coyote from scratch? And make up their whole new system of being a coyote. It could be completely different. Maybe get rid of the generational trauma from their parents, you know. Maybe they're improving. Maybe they're healing. Yes. Let's break that cycle. Let's break that coyote cycle. (laughs) Maybe they'd just be wildly different. Maybe they would, like, you know. Read books. Maybe they'd read books. (laughs) You never know. Uh, Probably, I'm sure the answer is it's just that, like, 95% of being a coyote is just, like, I'm hungry. Yeah, and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. eat. Yeah, and I'm going to do it with other coyotes. But if there's a weird coyote, we're all going to attack him. And they figure that out. Isn't that just like being a human? You know? <sighs> that is so, so true. true. Remember, be normal. Because just the rest of the pack will attack you. They will. Yeah. They will. And they might do it on a podcast. And they might do it at you by name. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> being a social outcast is one of the most... Nope. <laughs> it's something you really have to watch out for. Another thing that you have to watch out for is robots. It's time for Robot Watch. Man, 
Andrew's really good at these. He's like, he's done it a long time. He has. He's done his 10,000 hours. He has. Except it's like 500 hours. He's got a good brain for for like making things up. Yeah. And remembering film plots. That is true. Imagine what he could do if he directed all of those skills to the sciences. Imagine. This is a, a story coming to us from the Daily Montanan. Yeah, is that yeah. is that what you would call them? I think that is the demonym of the people of Montana. Montanan. Like to have really awkward demonyms for being from states. They do, huh? I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but they're just a lot of them are quite difficult to say. Kansans? Is that what they call themselves? Is it? I can't be right. No idea. From the Daily Montanan, Bill seeks to ban killer robots in Montana. I'm listening. You know, yeah. that seems pretty straightforward good. It's a good headline as well because you could could read it in a way that implies that the killer robots are already in Montana and it's finally... It's time to ban them. It's time to ban them. I'm sick of <laughs> this shit. Got around for too long. These too like good. The dogs with knives strapped to their heads that have been wandering <laughs> around the streets terrorizing my family. Enough. Sick of it. Get them out of Butte. Is that a town in Montana? I think so. A bipartisan group of Montana lawmakers wants to be sure no one in the state can use robots affixed with guns, swords, or other weapons to kill people under a bill that was heard Friday that would establish the, quote, Killer Robot Attack Ban Act. Would you have been able to before? Was it just one of those situations where, well, we don't actually have a law against it, so uh, what do you want me to do? My hands are tied. Like, it does seem like they're trying to address a very specific legal legal loophole if, like, stabbing someone with a sword is a crime. I'm pretty certain, even in Montana. Hmm. But if you tied that sword to the head of one of those Boston Dynamics guys and then said, hey, can you run over there? That wouldn't be a crime currently, as the law stands? Like, it sounds like something like this has happened before. Like, why are you addressing it? Or is this just someone's particular anxiety? There's like one guy that's the reason they have this rule and he's doing some crazy shit in his garage. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to do it. There's no law against it. It's perfectly legal. Perfectly legal. (laughs) House Bill 594, sponsored by Representative Kelly Cordham, a Democrat from Bozeman, aims to bar people and businesses from building, possessing, using or selling any lethal autonomous weapon systems in Montana. It would subject anyone who violates the prohibition to up to 20 years in prison and a $50,000 fine. Okay. Fine seems low to me. The that's prison not, that's sentence, not a high fine. Like, you've accidentally started the Black Mirror episode where the world has been taken over by, like, killer robot dogs. And they're just like, whoop, 50 grand, please. Okay. Also, if I'm going to prison, I'm probably not going to pay my fine. Yeah. I'll probably be in prison. Yeah. I won't have any work. I'll be working for a dollar a day. If you're lucky. Mm. Putting you out fighting fires, whatever mm-hmm. it is they do to prisoners there. Very fucked up. Not good. The measure defines a lethal autonomous weapon system as one that, quote, utilizes technological means to attack targets without further intervention by a human operator. Mm-hmm. Quote, this is one of those proactive things that we can do to ensure all of our futures and our children's futures, Cordham said. I believe we as Montanans, we as Americans, and we as human beings really need to get ahead of this and prevent a disaster 10, 20 years in the future. 
That's forward thinking. This is like quite silly because, like, I think, I think we've established that murder is like not legal. Yeah. By whatever means that you do it, like you can make a bomb or whatever. Like you're not allowed to murder somebody. I feel like is like a base. It's yeah. a common one. Popular what if, law. What if the robot just does it by itself? What if someone built that robot? Let oh, and it didn't loose. intend. They just let it loose, and it's yeah. accidentally. Killed. Well, I mean, we've already got that. It's called a Tesla. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, he told the... Oh, wow. I was picturing a woman this whole time. Uh, I guess I'm not sexist. I did it. I'm not sexist. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's because it was a really dumb fucking idea. <laughs> he told the House Judiciary Committee that recent advances in autonomous drone, artificial intelligence, and facial recognition technologies have made LAWSs a reality in which a drone or robot could be outfitted with weapons like guns, blades, and explosives and operate under its own computer artificial intelligence systems. Cordham, a systems administrator. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> when was the last time you heard someone be described as a sysadmin? I feel like uh, that's quite retro. A very 90s job it's thing. It's a 90s me. job, huh? Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know what they would call that these days, but that's just like, yeah. I don't know. I'm picturing it's very those, Windows like, 98. <laughs> yeah, boxy CRT screens with that sort of yellowing plastic that they yeah. were made out of. This is our sysadmin. He uh, he listens to Jungle the whole time that he's working, <laughs> but we can't do anything about it because he's the only one that knows about computers. That's right. It's a powerful position. He drinks 35 cans of Diet Coke a day. That can't mm-hmm. be good for him. <laughs> Cordham, a systems administrator, said those AI systems could be programmed to have the weapon systems target people through facial recognition, the body temperature of humans, or by a specific flag that soldiers might wear on their uniforms. Like, you know, they're already using this in the military. Like, they're doing this, and it's not illegal for them to do it. It also, like, just take the patch off, man. Yeah, you could just take the patch off. Ah, robot dogs, come and get me. I'm just going to put on the other patch. Uh, a bunch of Americans being like, I can't do that to you, old glory. Or whatever the <laughs> fuck they call their flag. <laughs> flag stays on. <laughs> Quote, this danger is no longer science fiction, he said. Mm. This guy seems like a blast from the past. And frankly, I like him. I like it. It's got a, it's got a fun little vibe. Yeah. <laughs> While law enforcement in Montana has started using drones for crash reconstructions, search and rescue operations, and crime scene investigations over the past few years, it has not thus far tried to use any drones or robots affixed with weapons. Good. Probably. Yeah, that's good. But police in Oakland, California last year considered using robots affixed with shotguns. Of course they did. (laughs) Holy fuck, man. Jesus Christ. Like, don't. I I know I harp on about this. But software doesn't work. Nothing works. Nothing works. It historically has never worked Nothing in any situation. ever reliably works or does the thing that you need it to do ever. Doesn't matter if you bought the best, top of the line, whatever the fuck it is. It just doesn't work. Nothing works. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And it starts breaking real fast. Yeah. You're going to put shotguns on a robot and you're going to be like, you know what? I didn't like your first and we were made partners, Robbie, the robot. But now yeah. I've learned to respect you. And then by the time you finish that sentence, he's turned around and he's turned your head into a pink mist. He's That's right. And then the sysadmin's got to, he's got to do a patch. 
Yeah. And it's like, don't worry, we fixed the bug fixed where the bug. he like shoots you in the head. Yeah. When, <laughs> if you give him a compliment, he pops your head off. That's right. You got to okay. update your software. <laughs> oh, you guys didn't download the update? Because we actually rolled out a fix for that in the morning of that very day. So yeah. it seems like if you guys did the... Just going to bed and it's sometime. like, do you want to do your robot dog update? You're like, nah, not nah, tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> not tomorrow. I don't want to plug it in. <laughs> I can't be fucked. <laughs> and then the patch notes for it are just like, quality of life improvements. Just vague. <laughs> just Real really vague. vague. <laughs> uh, San Francisco Board of Supervisors approved, then pulled authorization for the police department to use that robots affixed with bombs to kill people, quote, as a deadly force option when risk of loss of life to members of the public or officers is imminent and outweighs any other force option available. Oh, man. In 2016, the Dallas Police Department strapped C4 to a robot to kill a man who killed five police officers in a deadly rampage. Look, it's not a fun or funny situation, but the phrase strapped C4 to a robot... Just seems very haphazard. <laughs> it seems a little chaotic. Don't say strap. Say armed. Yeah. Equipped with... You know, like you some. just tied it on there, like you like with some like electrical tape or something, yeah. like a couple of zip ties. That's oh, on fun. Taser manufacturer Axon Enterprises pulled back on a plan last year to affix the weapons to drones after most of its artificial intelligence ethics board resigned <laughs> after the proposal. <laughs> good call. It's probably a good call. Yeah. Just be like, gentlemen, I unveil our latest and greatest design. <laughs> Taser strapped with electrical tape to a drone. Everyone's just like, oh, I'm out. No, I'm not going to no. get a job after this if I, I approve that one. Can't have this on my record. I'm, <laughs> I'm walking. Good luck with all this. So, uh, Tim McKenrick, who lost his... <laughs> this is a long sentence, this one. Uh, sorry, this is one... This whole paragraph is one extremely long and wonderful sentence. Tim McKenrick, who lost in his primary race in House District 75 last year and faces a felony charge for allegedly falsifying his signature on a local school board ballot, according to the Boulder Monitor, was the lone person to testify in opposition to the bill on behalf of himself and the Montana Trappers Association. <laughs> felony charge for allegedly falsifying his signature on a local school board ballot. Which... Okay, it's a vote for a local school board. Like, come on, it's not that. It's, it's not, not that a big important. deal. And you falsified your own signature? Is he trying to, like, we should maybe look into what this is? Maybe, that's very strange. Because for what possible reason? On the local school board ballot. Was he trying to. Ooh, what a spicy headline. Mm. He was charged with deceptive election practices. <laughs> it's not a Jeff's- real election. <laughs> Jefferson County candidate Tim McKenrick allegedly told officials that he falsified his signature to test election integrity. Oh, I'd like to see if they checked a signature. By doing fraud. Great. By, by doing a fraud to test your fraud. A Republican legislative candidate running for a seat in Jefferson County has been charged with a felony after allegedly falsifying a signature on a ballot for Jefferson High School Board of Trustees in order to test the system according to court documents filed late last month. The charges allege that McKenrick used an altered version of his signature on his absentee ballot return envelope in an all-male high school board of trustees election. Uh, McKenrick allegedly did so on the same day that he told voters at a Monitor-hosted candidate forum that they wouldn't be able to read his ballot signature, that there are too many people that can forge really well, and that he struggles with mail-in ballots because they're too hard to keep 100% track of to know that the person who filled it out sent it in. 
Right, okay. so he kind of, he sort of nipped that one in the bud because they got him. Yeah, they got him. Yeah. Like they did, they figured it out. Signatures are a stupid system. Like nobody's checking it and you can easily forge someone's signature. It doesn't mean oh. anything. Oh my God, this is so good. His comments led an election worker, Jefferson High School business manager, Laurie Carey, to double check his signature. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. You idiot. Carrie said he felt she felt the signature on his return envelope didn't match the signature he had previously used and confirmed her suspicion with someone serving as an election judge, according to court documents. <laughs> got his ass. He got him. Uh, the next day, Carrie mailed McKenrick a ballot signature verification form used in instances of discrepancy, among others. Uh, he went to the high school, told them that he'd done it on purpose. Great. So he seems like a great guy. Uh, and he doesn't like, or he does like the robots. He does like them. That's so yeah. good. He's like, they've just been like, oh, I think this guy's going to falsify his signature. So I'll just check it. And then he did like, he did fraud, like some felony charge. <laughs> what a dumbass. Uh, McKenrick said the bill would outlaw mouse traps because they trigger themselves oh as well. Oh, my God. That's an incredible, like, he thinks he's done the, the suit's defense. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, as well as self-driving cars, yeah, he's yeah, he's on to yeah. that one. It's yeah, like, yeah, good, good, great. Let's get rid of him. Uh, but Cordham said he had checked with an autonomous vehicle company, who said that was not the case, and that he didn't believe it would apply to any traps. Though he was happy to amend the bill to make that clear. The bill's co-sponsors include lawmakers from both parties, though representatives Jed and Caleb Hinkle. <laughs> Love America. Love it. Both Belgrade Republicans. <laughs> don't. Yeah, sure. Uh, who sit on the House Judiciary Committee removed themselves after the hearing Friday. So they heard the mousetrap thing and were like, Oh, I can't argue with that one. We as the fucked. Hinkle brothers, or as Hinkle and son, senior and junior, whatever, mm -hmm. we can't traffic with this anymore. We love mousetraps. <laughs> Cordham said the bill, on which uh, the committee did not vote on Friday, was about getting ahead of the possibility that weapon systems could become a widely used reality as technologies advance. Quote, Montana can lead on this issue, he said. We can ban the use and construction of killer robots and set an example to the nation and the world. I like this. Like, I feel like he just wants to do it, for, like Cordham versus the state of Montana. Like, yeah. He wants to be the guy that banned killer robots. I know for a fact what this guy wants is that in 20 years' time, they're having meetings, like NATO meetings, that are like, my God, it looks like Russia is making robots that violate the Cordum Accord. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, America. It's so regional. Yeah. It's time for regional bullshit. Regional bullshit. Every little town has got their own bullshit. Regional bullshit. Every little town has just got to have it. It's like he's right here with us. It is. I also didn't notice how long that last note lingers for. Hmm. This is from KARE News. In Minnesota, grumpy old men fest in Wabasha. 
Like the movie? Like the movie. Is that yeah. a film? Yeah. Have you have you ever seen it? I think so. I I watched it as a kid, I'm pretty sure, and I remember thinking it was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Grumpy Old Men Festival is underway in Wabasha this weekend. For 30 years, the festival has celebrated the iconic movie and is held during the last weekend of February. Oh, it, it is the movie. Yeah. Oh, I thought it's, it was just going to be about, like, grumpy old guys. Oh, no, but it's funny that you say that. Because if you go, like I did this morning, to the Wikipedia page for grumpy old men, you get a little... Disambiguation? Uh, you do. And then one of the disambiguations is for people. And it says, grumpy old men, colloquial term referring to sufferers of irritable male syndrome. So you're like... Well, that can't be right, whatever the yeah. fuck that is. I've got IMS. You click on irritable male syndrome and there's a picture of a a sheep or goat-like creature as the preview. Very interesting. Irritable male syndrome is an annual behavior pattern that has been described in soe sheep and other mammals with a strictly seasonal breeding pattern and described in a 2002 literary review of animal behavior by Lincoln A. Gerald. Okay. Uh, IMS is a striking feature in mammals with seasonal breeding patterns. It manifests at the end of the mating season. So a sheep mate for five weeks during November and December each year and give birth five months later in the spring. The ram's testosterone levels soar during the late autumn mating season. In the winter, testosterone levels fall and they stop mating. As their testosterone levels fall, the rams become more nervous and withdrawn, striking out irrationally. Oh my God, it's like man PMS. Yeah. The term covers symptoms thought to be caused by a drop in testosterone levels in male mammals. Similar behaviours have been observed in red deer, reindeer, and Indian elephants. Oh, my God. I thought this was just like a funny shirt thing. Like no, IMS, I thought that as well. irritable male syndrome. The way it's fucking phrased in the, the disambiguation, you're like, it's like a it's card, 100%. You, a mug you get for your granddad. It's an eye funny post. Yeah. <laughs> Can't come into work. I'm suffering from IMS, you know? <laughs> Uh, there's a quote here from the guy who wrote the literature review uh, that I really like. This brief review challenges the dogma that male mammals are constantly reproductively active following sexual maturity at puberty. Good. Challenge that. Don't let them normalize it. Yeah, don't normalize that. Males of many and perhaps the majority of long-lived species express periodic changes in testicular activity and behavior during their normal life cycle. In the most extreme examples, as illustrated by the Soai Ram, males continually cycle between the sexually active slash fertile state and the sexually inactive slash fertile state. Yeah, me too. I have bipolar. Mm. Often on an annual or long-term basis. In individuals, testicular activity may vary with changes in social status, nutrition, health, age, and other factors. This also applies to man. (gasps) Yeah. Cis men, I guess. But yeah, something to think about. That is something to think about. Yeah. Anyway, grumpy old man fest. Uh, (laughs) Events kicked off Friday and continue Saturday with a big fishing tournament, a grumpy plunge, food (laughs) vendors, and live music. The 1993 movie Grumpy Old Men, starring Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, centers around the salty friendship between John Gustafson and Max Goldman in the Mississippi River town. What? What? Where's, where is this? Where's Wabasha? Is it in Mississippi? Wabasha's in Minnesota. Yeah. Is Grumpy Old Men set in Mississippi? Are they just they just having a festival? No, they're in Minnesota. Wait, is this just a typo in the article? It must be, because this is from KARE News in Minnesota. Uh, Are they P 
picked, they've written their own state incorrectly. That seems like a, <laughs> a massive fuck up on their part. Oh, very confusing. Uh, I have here the schedule of events for... Uh, oh, it's incredible. on this weekend, but if you're already there, um, <laughs> you, you can use this as an audio guide for what you need to be doing right oh, now. Thank God I didn't get a little paper schedule. Uh, on Friday at 6.30, we have the Grumpy Best Dressed Contest. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. We're at 7, we've got the Lighted ATV slash UTV Parade. Sponsored by the Tony Montgomery Realty and Auction Company. Thank you, Tony. And it's starting at Slippery's. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. Come on down to Slippery's. Slippery's Wabasha. Come down to Slippery's. Get wet. That's their <laughs> motto, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they've got a benefit dinner with Mark Stephen Johnson. That's amazing. Then they've got the Grumpy Old Man Festival kickoff party with live music. The Silver Star Saloon. Genuinely sounds like a great time. Mm. But Saturday, Saturday's the main day. This is when the shit really happens. Oh, Saturday's crazy. A lot of it starts in the Slippery's parking lot. <laughs> I'm seeing that now. <laughs> uh, you got the Grumpy Old Man Fishing Tournament, sponsored by Holst Farms. That's at the Parkside Marina. You got the Grumpy Old Man Ice Bar, sponsored by Slippery's. That's in the Slippery's parking lot. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the Grumpy Old Man Ice Bar at the Slippery's in parking Slippery's lot. Pa- it's sponsored by Slippery's. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Get some of those slippery specials. Uh, they have the chili feed at Anderson House Hotel. Okay. That'll be good. That's at 11. So you fill up on chili, then you go back to the ice bar at the Slippery's parking lot. Perfect. Yep. Uh, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We got bingo at lunch yep. at the NCSF Street Felix Gym or St. Felix. Perhaps. I'd say. Not familiar with my saints. Uh, and here's the big one at the United Church of Christ, the 16th annual Hot Dish Luncheon. Love it. Yeah. Just hot dishes? Hot dish luncheon. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need to know? Fair enough. Uh, they've got statue painting for all ages. they got the rigetti reg- spaghetti dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Rigetti spaghetti dinner. Rigetti spaghetti dinner. You just the... get some spaghetti? Yeah, but it's rigetti. Not to be confused with the regretti spaghetti <laughs> dinner. Rigetti is one of the pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean. He's the one played by that guy from The Office, the English office. Okay. Yeah, the tall one. Uh, we got wagon rides and s'mores with the Riverboat Day Queens. Mm-hmm. Riverboat Day Queens, not Day Queens. Not like drag queens that only come only out by the day. daytime. Okay. Yeah, daywalkers. Uh, the cribbage tournament. Perfect. Yeah, don't miss that. Uh, the grumpy plunge, hosted by Great River Homes. Yeah. Thanks, Great River Homes. Live music by the Chubs. <laughs> <laughs> Again, in the Slippery's parking lot. Now this is probably pronounced Jungers. But sponsored by Junge's Flooring, I'm going to say, because that's more fun. So, sponsored by Junge's, the Chubs are playing in the Slippery Parking Lot. <laughs> the Chubs are playing in the Slippery Parking Lot, sponsored by Junge's Flooring. <laughs> oh, language is so beautiful. 
Uh, live music by Ricky D. Fireside chat with Mark Stephen Johnson. People are crazy about Mark Stephen Johnson. Love it. And then, sadly, all good things must end from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Hmm. Uh, the shutdown party is happening with some DJ music. I'm going to say this sounds like a lot of fun. Holy fuck! It They're sounds packing like a in good a time. lot of fun. You just imagine two days of going to the Slippery's parking lot, slipping up, slipping down, slipping going up. out, spaghetti, spaghetti, cribbage, <laughs> hot luncheon, hot luncheon, a chili feed. It's oh, a lot man. of feeds. You could get like a lot of feeds in this day. And you're going to need it because you they free pour at Slippery's. They do. I bet they do. They are not watching what they're doing in the slightest. You say, leave me the bottle at Slippery's. And instead of saying, this isn't a cowboy movie, I'm not leaving you the bottle. They say, yes, sir. Yeah, you got it, pal. Get Slippery with it. <laughs> uh, now that's thinking Slippery. <laughs> yeah, those are the sorts of... Wholesome activities you wouldn't see on TikTok because mostly it's it's stuff that sucks. It's time for TikTok Watch. This is a story from the Huffington Post. TikTok parents apologize for video showing how to sneak toddler on Disney rides. I saw this. <laughs> it, yeah, this one I made like a... I was like, oh, this is... It's Making an exception net, for this fucking one. Fucking hell. Come on. It's so funny. It's so many elements of so much shit I hate. The Florida family went viral for a TikTok video that showed how to make their toddler son meet the height requirements for certain thrill rides, uh, emphasis mine, at the Disney theme parks, is now apologizing for the, quote, shoe hack. <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, did you not think before you posted this on the internet? At all. Like, doing your horrible things alone is one thing, but you should know that you're going to be yelled at for certain things. Like, there's so much about this. Now, let's get into the specifics here. The family has also removed all videos referencing the hack, save for a single apology video where they claim, quote, with influence comes responsibility. Yeah? You like They're... Spider-Man much? Fuck, it's so weird. They're like the one people in the world that like being called influences. Everybody else uses it as a pejorative term, but they'll happily embrace that. Yeah, they love it. Up. It all started when Ty and Haley Kelly, hey, save some whys for the rest of us, <laughs> Get him. posted a video where they glued flip-flop bottoms to their son's shoes so he'd meet the 38-inch height requirements <laughs> for some rides. So they pachinoed their boy. They did. And they put some lifts on him. <laughs> they just put some little lifts on him. <sighs> Although Ty Kelly described the shoe gluing as, quote, the ultimate theme park hack. Stop calling stuff hacks. Yeah, it's not a hack. And it's not it's not the ultimate. If there are hacks out there, that, that would definitely be not be there. the best one. No way. The ultimate theme park hack is to chuck a midweek sickie and go on like a Tuesday. Yeah. Because there's no one else there. That's right. I mean, at least for like the shit Australian ones. I don't, people are probably always... It's always busy... At Disney World, probably. Probably. Uh, although Ty Kelly described the shoe gluing as the ultimate theme park hack, others weren't impressed by the couple's ingenuity, feeling, as one YouTuber commenter noted, as if they seemed to care more about a YouTube video than, quote, your child's safety. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they do. That's probably pretty common on parenting yeah. TikTok. 
Uh, at first, Ty Kelly responded to the criticism by claiming the hack was faked in a now-deleted video. Smart. Yeah. Like, we didn't actually do it. We just did it for a video to encourage other parents to do it. Yeah, we weren't telling you that... We weren't giving you bad advice. We were lying to you about advice that doesn't work. I don't know. I don't even know what the logic is there. Either way, they're telling you to do something terrible. Yeah. But we didn't do it. Like, we didn't do it to our kid. Yeah. We just told you to do it to yours. Quote, I would never condone any other parent trying to put their kid on a ride that they weren't tall enough for, he said in the clip. You don't know what happened. In the video, you didn't see him actually go on any rides. Like you did, though. You did condone that. That's what the video was for. You heavily condoned it. This is a terrible strategy. So fucking... These people are just not equipped to have... The, the fame that they got. Because no one is. The human Nobody brain can't is. handle fame. You never uh, know when you're going to get it and it just happens to you. Sometimes you're on a wildly popular podcast, you know. And that's right. People get mad at you for uh, mispronouncing things. You Every know, day. influence comes responsibility. That's right. That's why we looked up Wabasha before we said it. Mm-hmm. Ty Kelly also claimed his son is actually tall enough for the rides. So you fucking lied about that as well. You lied about everything. Is there anything you won't lie about, Ty mm. Kelly? You Can't trust anything shit. you say now because you've told so many lies in the past. Uh, <laughs> but Ty Kelly also claimed his son was actually tall enough for the rides, but didn't acknowledge that someone viewing the first video without that context might take his advice seriously. <laughs> Maybe. You're saying if anyone watched the video and interpreted it the way you intended for it to be interpreted, they might be confused. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> that changed on Friday when the couple posted an apology video. In the apology, they said they now realize that, quote, what started off as us trying to make an entertaining video for our audience that we thought you'd enjoy quickly and turned turned into us realizing that we put out on our platforms, Christ Live, into us realizing that what we put out on our platforms has more consequences than we initially thought. Ty Kelly admitted that while his own son was unharmed from the video, he and Haley Kelly now realize their actions could influence another parent to try the potentially dangerous shoe stunt on their own kids. Haley Kelly said that she hopes their followers give them the chance to, quote, prove that we love our children and they take their responsibility as influencers seriously. I feel like just saying that uh, we need to prove that we love our children implies like, like they 100% took this kid on those rides. Yeah. They did. They definitely did. Just. Like, do they think the rules are just there to, like, to be rude? Like, to be difficult? They're to stop little Brandon from having a good time. Yeah. It's all they're for. Something about this is just, like, so sort of saying that they didn't intend for anyone to actually use the hack and that they, their son wouldn't do it and blah, blah, blah. All this stuff and saying, that oh, the video is just to entertain What's the fucking entertainment video? What's the of entertainment? A, a made up theme park act. What's that you didn't like, do? It makes me think of the like, you know, those designed to be viral, like incredible hacks videos where it's like someone, you know, it's always weird tricks with a pasta spoon or whatever. Yeah, it's or like, like, yeah, I, I just realized this is how you use the pasta spoon, but it, it isn't. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something about that where like, the internet sucks. We all know the internet sucks. But so much of the shit on there is people just making stuff that is not useful or interesting or entertaining. It's just filler garbage 
for people to sort of look at for 90 seconds and be like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. And then scroll on to the next thing. It depresses me so much. There's heaps of that now on TikTok that's just like, oh, watch to the end to see what happens. And then nothing happens. And you've just like, you've just generated two cents or whatever. Yeah. It's really cool. (laughs) Having everything everyone does all the time be sort of to cater to the whims of algorithms, probably not good. Yeah. They're about to launch a thing for Spotify where they're adding like a TikTok style front page you can do to like swipe vertically through songs and like it'll present you because, you know, it like makes mixes and shit for you if you use those, but it will be one where it's like, it's got a bit of looping video with it and stuff and whatever to give it to you in the format of just like flicking through TikToks because that's that's how you- how our brains are being trained to work. Yeah. That's how you make people like fucking addicted to looking at a phone is it's like the pokies machine style way. I don't know. Phone's bad and I'm old and grumpy about it. (laughs) You know, whatever happened to planes? Good old fashioned planes. That's right. It's time, of course, for Plainly Speaking. Uh, This is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. This is sort of uh, familiar territory for us, this one. Uh, It's just another annual update. This is from the Associated Press. Roughly 18 guns per day intercepted at US airport security in 2022. A new record! That's so many guns. That's so many fucking guns. That's just a crazy amount of guns. That's how many they got, too. They intercepted those ones. Yeah. That's the implication, isn't it? It sure is. You know they're just not catching, like... 95% 95% of them. Yeah. Easily. And also, like, these are the interceptions of uh, guns that are, like, undeclared or improperly stowed or whatever. But, like, imagine the numbers on how many people are just flying with guns in America and it's fine. Like, that you're allowed to. Yeah. Probably. Like, you, I mean, not in your carry-on, uh, but, like, you know, you just have a, a locked box in your like Yeah, your I assume baggage. that's allowed. And then you can do a sort of a... um. Air Force One type situation where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna, I have to go to the bathroom, but you climb down into the you luggage. Climb down hold. into the luggage hold. And you get your gun. Yeah. And then you take that bad boy to Cuba. I don't remember the plot of Air Force One, but don't remember. The president is fighting off a bunch of bad guys that are on board his plane or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and the president's Harrison Ford. Sick. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. The woman flying out of Philadelphia's airport last year remembered to pack snacks, prescription medicine, and a cell phone in her handbag. But what was more important was what she forgot to unpack. A loaded .380 caliber handgun in a black holster. Just forgot. Just like, oh shit, I didn't know that was in my bag. Sorry. That shit's like heavy as well. Yeah. You didn't feel it in your handbag? You just didn't feel it. Come on. The weapon was one of the 6,542 guns that the Transportation Security Administration intercepted last year at airport checkpoints checkpoints across the country. The number, roughly 18 per day, was an all-time high for guns intercepted at U.S. airports and is sparking concern at a time when more Americans are armed. Quote, What we see in our checkpoints really reflects what we're seeing in society. (laughs) We live in a society. We live in a society. At an airport, and that airport is a microcosm of society. He's right. We live to at an airport. Say it. 
Uh, and in society, there are more people carrying firearms now of days, TSA mm. Administrator David Pekoski said. That's so funny. It's a the funny check- thing to say. The checkpoints are, you know, as above, so below, as in society, as at the screening area. Yeah, what is the screening area but not a small society? That's so true. A snapshot of society. When you're standing in line and you're not taking your shoes off fast enough at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport and a TSA lady is screaming at you to hurry it up, which they always do constantly for some reason, Mm. that's society. That's funny because I would say that everything in the airport is – like it's not society in there. You're stepping out of society as soon as you get to the TSA line. People don't act normal. No. Something happens to people's brains at the airport and they can't be normal anymore. The shops are weird. They are weird. They're all strange. Yeah, I don't know what it is about. Airports are just their own sort of thing where you have to forget the rules of where you were before. Oh, $7 for a bottle of water. And That's I normal. never, I would normally never buy a bottle of water anywhere in my life. Hey, That's I'll right. grab one of those. Why yeah, not? just grab one. Yeah, I'll buy a $30 top 100 book. You know, it's actually kind of nice that, like, even though you now, now of days, you can mm. still, you just put your phone into airplane mode and then you just do whatever. You can probably get, if you're in America, you're probably getting cheap in-flight Wi-Fi too. Mm. And, and on some Australian airlines. The bookstores at the airport, I assume, are still thriving. Yeah. People Where, still when like, else are you going to buy a book? You're fucking bored, right? When else are you going to read? Yeah, this yeah. is the only time. You got that, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, it's all shit like that. You can read the subtle art of not giving a fuck at any airport. Unfuck your brain space. (laughs) And if someone saw you reading that, they wouldn't be like, look at this pathetic loser. They'd be like, airport. He bought that book here. (laughs) You can sit on the floor and people aren't like, what's up with that guy? He's like, oh, he couldn't find a seat. Yeah, you can sit on the ground. You can sleep on the floor at the airport and no one's going to be like, hey, buddy, you can't sleep there. They're going to be like, oof, he's got an eight hour connecting flight. That's right. Yeah. That guy's busy. You might have been doing business. Yes, that's probably... People look at you like you're high-powered, I think. They do. I think so. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's our airport gear. Everyone's <laughs> airports are a bit weird. It's so weird in there. With the exception of pandemic-disrupted 2020, the number of weapons intercepted at airport checkpoints has climbed every year since 2010. So 2009 to 2010 was a reduction? Interesting. Hmm. Experts don't think this is an epidemic of would-be hijackers. Nearly everyone caught claims to have forgotten they had a gun with them. Yeah, you would say that if you were caught with a if gun. If you were caught with a gun, because that's, that's the only excuse you've got. You wouldn't be like, yeah, I put it in there on purpose. I was going to try and shoot the pilot in the back of the head and find out how much flight simulator translates to real life. Yeah, like you're reaching into your handbag at TSA. You're like, cool, I'm going to take out my, I don't know. What have you got in there? Your iPad. You know? Yeah. Instead, you're pulling out a club. You're sorting through. You've got your gun and you're like, oh, no worries. I don't have a bottle of water. (laughs) Straight on through. (laughs) No umbrella. I am fine. Uh, Experts emphasize the danger. Even one gun composed in the wrong hands on a plane. (laughs) That's such a funny phrase. Why are Americans like this? Even one gun can kill. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm not really concerned about two guns. I'm, a gun is enough to concern me. Yeah, my concern doesn't really go up with the number of guns. Like, it's it's at peak with one. 
Even one gun. Even just one measly little gun can shoot a man. Guns have been intercepted literally from Burbank, California to Bangor, Maine. Oh, yep, I guess that's there was at least one incident at each of those airports. Yep. Cool. Uh, but it tends to happen more at bigger airports in areas with laws more friendly to carrying a gun, Peskoski said. The top 10 list for gun interceptions in 2022 includes Dallas, Austin, and Houston in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, three airports in Florida. Yep. Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. Atlanta, Phoenix, and Denver. Denver's Denver. a light surprise to me there, I think. I don't mm. know why. Those pot-smoking mountain climbers. Yeah, get them. Yeah. Pekoski sh- isn't sure the quote, I forgot excuse, is always true, or whether it's a natural reaction to getting caught. Regardless, he said, it's a problem that must stop. At least he's onto it. He's not buying that. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, you didn't. You, you didn't, didn't forget, forget shit. When TSA staffers see what they believe to be a weapon on the x-ray machine, they usually stop the belt so the bag stays inside the machine and the passenger can't get to it. Then they call in local police. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You're like, hey, can you pull that out and show us what it is? Yeah, can you just yes, reach into your bag and show me what you've got? <laughs> Repercussions vary depending on local and state laws. The person may be arrested and have the gun confiscated, but sometimes they're allowed to give the gun to a companion not flying with them and continue on their way. Mom, can you take my gun Can you back come home? and take my gun? Can you come and pick up my gun? The TSA saw it. I'm just going to say, I don't think you should have your gun in the airport either. No. I don't want your gun outside the gates. Like, yeah. Are you just like standing in line and just being like, here you go. Just walk back just through. Just handing it over the fence to like your friend. <laughs> Throwing it. Throwing it. I don't want to go through security again, but woo. <laughs> eat that over there. Uh, the woman in Philadelphia saw her gun confiscated and was slated to be fined. Uh, unloaded guns can also be placed in checked bags, assuming they follow proper procedures, of course. Okay. These federal fines are the TSA's tool to punish those who bring a gun to a checkpoint. Last year, TSA raised the maximum fine to $14,950 as a deterrent. Passengers also lose their pre-check status. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For five years. It used to be three years, but about a year ago, the agency increased the time and changed the rules. Passengers may also miss their flight as well as lose their gun. Oh, that's two the, bad things. The two worst things that can happen to you. You don't get to go to Cabo and you've lost the Glock. Shit sucks, man. It's not worth it. Best, worst 4th of July weekend ever. <laughs> the federal officials can prove the person intended to bring the gun past the checkpoint into what's called the airport's sterile area. It's a federal offense. How are you going to prove it? Yeah. If I just say, oh, I forgot. I forgot. Look at me. Don't I look dumb as shit? Ooh, he's got the defense. He knows his laws. <laughs> he knows about it. He made sure to wear uh, no shirt, but overalls with only one strap done up. He <laughs> so was chewing he on a piece a of hay. Silly. Yeah. And when I pulled the gun out, he went, oh, no. Oh, I forgot. This guy knows I his forgot. rights. I forgot. Oh, I'll never do anything no right. <laughs> Fuck, this guy's good. I guess I'm just an idiot. I'm so oafish. <laughs> Shit. This man's a legal genius. <laughs> for the TSA officers searching for prohibited items, it can be jarring. In Atlanta, Janissa Howard was monitoring the X-ray machine when she realized she was looking at a gun in a passenger's laptop bag. 
She immediately flagged it as a high-threat item and police were notified. Howard said it felt like her heart dropped and she was worried the passenger might try to get the gun. It turns out the passenger was a very apologetic businessman who said he simply forgot. I forgot that I put my gun in my laptop bag. Ah, oh, shit, I put my business gun in with my <sighs> business laptop because I had to go do some business. But I was meant to leave the business gun at home. Looks like Shit. I left my laptop at home. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, if I've got this. <laughs> uh, Howard says she understands travel can be stressful, but people have to take care when they're getting ready for a flight. You don't accidentally include a gun with your shit. Take care to not do that. Yeah. Christ. You have to be alert and pay attention, she said. It's your property. So it's true. your gun. It's your gun. <laughs> it's 3.50 p.m. at the airport. Do you know where your gun is? <laughs> Officials put a new signage to catch the attention of gun owners. A hologram over a checkpoint shows the image of a revolving blue gun with a red circle over the gun with a line through it. They put like a neon don't bring your gun sign. <laughs> this is like the graphics that they would have at like a Star Wars airport. <laughs> neon no guns. Where the fuck did we get hologram technology? A hol- you- oh, I'd missed that. A hologram. It's a hologram. Over the checkpoint. It's a blue rotating gun. It's literally one of the like Star Wars holograms. Literally. And they've got, they've clearly got like an ad agency. They're like, we need to like show these people. We need pizzazz. Yeah. Really needs to be eye catching. Get this. Hologram. <laughs> Numerous 70 inch television screens flash rotating messages that guns are not allowed. It's a big fucking TV. Mm. OLED, you reckon? 4K probably for sure. Mm. No Sony Bravia. Pekoski said signage is only part of the solution. Travelers face a barrage of signs or announcements already and don't always pay attention. He always supports. He also supports gradually raising penalties to grab people's attention. I'm going to say it. I don't think the attention and the knowledge is the problem. Yeah, you don't, I don't think, think they're it's missing an, these signs. It's not an attention economy issue. <laughs> yeah, it's not like oh, I didn't know. Like you put a hologram there. Yeah. Like, people see the hologram. They look at it and they go, what? what? The fuck did we get holograms? <laughs> I thought those were a few years off. Other than those crazy ones you see in Japan. Mm. Like all those dinosaurs in the streets or something. But Aidan Johnston from the gun advocacy group Gun Owners of America. Different to the NRA, I guess? A different one? Sure. Yeah. yeah, you definitely need another one of those. Because it's not like the NRA doesn't have enough power. power. Influence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, He said he'd like to see the fines lessened, saying they're not a deterrent. While he'd like to see more education for new gun owners, he also doesn't think of this as a major heinous crime. I bet you wouldn't. Yeah. Because you think guns You've got an interest in it. You love guns. You're crazy about them. You're gun crazy. Uh, Quote, these are not bad people that are in dire need of punishment, he said. These are people who made a mistake. Yeah. This is so stupid. I thought Americans were, like, terribly scared of terrorism. Like, you're taking your shoes off. I think they love guns more than they're scared of terrorism. Yeah. They will happily take the shoes off. They'll put their nasty little socks on the nasty screening area floor with a big old smile on their faces. internal, your body scan, where they're looking inside your body at your organs. They're using sonar to get the exact shape of your junk. That's right. You're putting your arms up, like, in the machine, which is, like, so undignified. Oh, I hate it. Don't put me in the fucking cyclotron. Don't put me in the cyclotron. thing. We, I had to go through one of those at an Australian airport recently. It was yeah, they've had them. They've harrowing. Had them awful. And, well, because in, I think, 
I can't have been at Brisbane because I don't know where they'd fit it. So I guess it must have been at the Sydney airport. But it's like a crapshoot where like some people go through the cyclotron, some people don't. Yeah. It's like, hey, don't put me in the cyclotron. Don't scan my body. That's like my business what's in there. Yeah. First of all, I know for a fact that you're seeing a 3D rendering of my nude body. But also, don't make me do like a funny pose in front of a bunch of strangers. Everyone's looking at me and I'm doing the silly pose. Look at that dumb guy with his arms up and he looks (laughs) vaguely nervous because he knows his junk is being scanned. Everyone's laughing at me. Everybody's laughing at you. I hate it. I try not to look at the person in front of me so that I'm like, solidarity. Yeah. No eyes. No eyes in the cyclotron. Eyes down when the machine starts wearing. Uh, Officials believe that they're catching the vast majority, but with 730 million passengers screened last year, even a minuscule percentage getting through is a concern. Yeah, so if it's... Let's say that you've found 10% of the guns. That seems correct to me, based on nothing. They are finding uh, 65,000 guns are getting through. Yeah. You know? Someone's just got a gun on your plane. Yeah. There is... Look to your left, look to your right, and then look at all of the other seats. One of those people has a gun. And you can try to pick who it is. That'd be kind of a fun game for you. That is a fun little game. And then what what you should do is, because it's legal to joke on planes about terrorism now, as we decided with last week's, well, this week's crime pass, when you've found the person you think has the gun, stand up, point at them, and yell the word gun as loud as you can. Just yell, uh, that guy has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that guy has the gun. <laughs> and then while people try to figure out why you added the definite article, <laughs> the... <laughs> the gun? The gun. Uh, yeah, and that's just a fun little thing you do. That's, that's this week's crime pass. Do. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to entertain yourself, right? Because you're not really you're reading. You're done reading un- Unfuck Your Brain or whatever it is. Yeah. Heckin' get your shit sorted. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Well, this has technically been an episode of the podcast Punta Vista. Uh, this is the end of Freemium Freebury. Uh, it is. This is the final taste of what it's like to be a paid subscriber that you will get. Um, if you want more of that, it's patreon.com slash Punta Vista. It costs $5 USD, but like eight fifty Australian a month. Which but it is doesn't. Not, it's it's lying. not the exchange rate. Patreon's it, lying. It costs $7.46. Wait, so it does take it out at the correct amount? Yeah, it does. For some That's reason on Patreon, baffling. it says eight fifty. All right. And Luce only knows that because she does actually pay for the podcast and so does Theo, which is... We don't have logins to, to reply on Patreon. We can just give you the password That's and the username. We've been paying for so long. It's just, it's coming out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, for about $7.46 Australian, uh, yeah, you can get two episodes a week. If you've found a way to fit this into your schedule... Tremendous. If you don't have time for this and you're stressed about keeping up with it, it's a free podcast for one episode a week, baby. Just do that. It's that easy. Yeah. I guess. But also, <laughs> I love money. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week at the standard allotted time. Be safe out there. Stay frosty. Stay slippery. Stay slippery. Get wet. Get wet out there. Bye. <laughs>